Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning, this is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer your questions for you and help you out with that car repair. This is, if you haven't heard us before, this is uh, this is your show. It's, a, it's an interactive call-in show. You know, you have the questions, you have the concerns, you have the, what car should I buy, what car shouldn't I buy? That should probably be the better questions, what car shouldn't I buy? A little bit longer list. Yeah, a little bit longer list. So We've got time. Yeah, I'm Bob. Sitting next to me, as always, is Kyle. 50-some-odd years or more. It, Let's see, 60, 70 years, I don't know what it is anymore. I forget. 120 in gas station years. Yeah, 120 in gas station years because we get to see a lot. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. We do brakes right there the first time. So, yeah, you uh, work in a fast-paced business as we do. You get to see a lot of different cars, a lot of different things all the time. It's not just one vehicle again and again and again. Um, yeah, you know, I, I looked up the Fair other day. Amount of everything like you take like your average week. Like there was one week, like I was like, I'm gonna write down every car that I work on, you know, make, model, things like that. And it's all over the place. You know, like when I worked at the dealership, like okay, like we're just gonna put you here. And same car, same car, same car. Brakes, tires and brakes, tires and brakes, tires and brakes. Yeah. Okay. Now. Everything's electrical, same cars, and it gets old. It gets old. <laughs> it gets old working on you, you get good at it, you know, working on the same car over, over and over and over and over again. And uh, it's kind of maybe why I never went that route, but it's I enjoy the the what's next on this car. What's going on in that car? What's going on in this car? In and, my opinion, it keeps me sharper. Yeah, it does. And, because if I'm just doing tires and brakes all day and you – throw some electrical short at me i'm gonna have to like maybe read a little bit yeah check out a book it's i think it makes the day go by and, and you learn a lot in between which consequently yeah we, how the car works your frustration level all these things <laughs> come into play <laughs> yeah and there is some frustration but there is on cars that you work on every day you know the same car every day there's still frustration levels because you just don't have the when salt entered the, the the liquid salt brine that we put down on the on the streets entered the equation, now you have connectors and things getting in and, and wires getting corroded that you never used to have before, 
and or, or or very little love, but now you've gotten to the point where it's really good. Yeah, looking um, at it, like any wiring issue, even these days, like you're like you can take an eyeball and kind of oh yeah, that connector is probably fine. Yeah. Then you pull it apart and it's a snowball inside. Mm-hmm. We had one this last week that I think of on a car repair. The uh, the spark plugs hadn't been out of this truck in a long time, and uh, it was a plowed truck and it had so much salt on it, it literally just. Rust. There's nothing to grab onto. Well, it, it rusted the uh, it rusted the base portion of the plug away, and the porcelain shot out. So now all we had left was what was left of the porcelain in the cylinder head. Um, had two other shops attempt it before it got to us, and uh, oh great, we had been well. No, they, they didn't make a mess. <laughs> I think they just said ah, didn't know what to do. So uh, we did our magic and got it out, and, and he was happy as heck. Now you get that that truck goes back to work because that's really what he wanted for. It wasn't no spectacular truck, but yeah, he wanted it for work and it's and uh, he needed it. So, uh, but that's just the case of all that salt rust and you just you hardly ever see spark plugs just the the base portion of it where the socket goes on just rusting completely away. Yeah, normally the car's done and rotten in the ground by the it time is. that happens. It is. It is. It you know, and that the truck was a little bit rusty, but as far as a great work truck for what he needed, where it was a great truck. You know, it's uh, but you just don't. <laughs> and and times we have changed. I mean, I've taken 70, 80 year old cars out from underneath a tree that sat for that amount of time and just zip the plugs right out. Yeah. If and any bolt on the car. If it's water and, and it sits there, it doesn't seem to be a problem. No. It's it's the salt. And it's kind of like any cars, if you've ever been towards the next to the ocean, which I know you have, that those those cars that sit on the ocean, just the, the paint gets just horrible. I mean, right on the ocean. Oh, but yeah. you go The whole top coat's gone. Yeah. Everything. You just got this flat paint. You go, yeah, you go anywhere from... 10 blocks to a mile in you don't have any more problems like that it's all just on the coast right there so it's that salt spray is uh it's bad it's bad for your cars and but you know that's what it is it kind of it keeps us in business it uh sometimes it a lot of times it makes the repair a lot harder because mm-hmm. everything that's rusted away is now rusted away the bolts and there's no more heads on them and we get good at a torch yeah yeah, it helps. It helps. That is for sure. You bet. So, all right, we got a we got a caller on the line. We're going to head over to Rich. He's got a 2002 Silverado. Rich, what's going on today? How you doing, guys? Good. Hey, 2002 Silverado with the five three V eight, and I was wanting to know. I've heard a lot about it. I know it's very common. The uh, good old lifter tick. What is there? Something that I can do, or is it you just let it go, or or can you put that in context for me? I'm sure you're you've heard of it before. Sure. Well, yeah. That lifter tick that goes on in there. There's a few variables that I've seen in taking these motors apart and putting them back together. There's a couple of things you have to look at when you're looking at lifter tick. One is you can pull your valve covers. You know, run your engine for a little bit, get it warm, pull your valve covers, turn your engine over, you know, every quarter you get a couple of valves shut. You want the valves to be totally shut so you can move your rocker arm. And you can kind of go through and see which arms are loose, if it's all of them, if it's one, if it's two, you can find it out that way. But that takes a long time. Yeah. Um, 
essentially what their fix is is replacing the lifters mm-hmm. because they just lose pressure over time. There's a spring in there, and it's brought up by oil pressure. I right. mean, you do not have active fuel management on this truck. You've just got a pushrod yeah. V8. The yeah. other thing to look at on the rocker arms themselves, it's a bearing pedestal rocker arm. And in some cases, I mean, lack of maintenance, things like that, high mileage, those little needle bearings, those roller bearings that are in there will wear down. And I've seen them where they fall apart and you'll take your valve cover off and you see all these little tiny rods in there. And that's pretty easy to find. You get a little bit Mm -hmm. more of a tick with those, but that's kind of a way to go about it. But essentially, you're... Either way, you're probably going to end up putting a set of lifters in it, but that's a pretty big job on that engine. It is, and you don't want to really, even if you isolated it down to, say, number six, that's what's, that's where a ticking lifter is, and and you want to go in and just do that. It, it, you're still pulling the cylinder head out You're of still it. pulling the cylinder head, so bare minimum, you're going to put... Uh, half a block yeah, filled in it. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're going to put half the bank of lifters in just because you... Certainly don't want to do that twice. You don't want to torque down a head gasket and get it together, and I got a tick lifter on something else. So maybe try some Marvel Mystery Oil. Comes in a red can. Yeah, or was... some of that in with an oil change. Do that over the course of a year. See if it quiets down on you. Yeah, let's take the okay. easy route first. Yeah, Marvel Mystery Oil will somehow, and it works great. Uh, very few things in a can like that does, but that works pretty good. Breaks down all the sludge. It does. Bring back your running condition. Yep. It brings down the sludge and the carbon and everything else. And we've restored several cars that were ticking like crazy to working great and no noise after using that. Okay. Awesome. You say use that Mr. Oil maybe, you said once a year? No. Just kind of change it. Use it as you change your oil. Yeah. Oh, oh, more. Yeah. That takes six quarts. Uh Buy five quarts of oil and a yeah, quart I, of that. I, 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 yeah, I've always gone by buy five quarts and put a quart of that in. Yeah. So it's okay. it's um it's I think the directions say a little less, but nah. we, we put a whole quart in. It seems to solve the problem quicker. Gotcha. Well, I've got about 160, roughly 1,000 miles on it. It, it does run good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have any problems, okay, performance and all that. I just noticed that some days it seems more uh, obvious than others. Um, now all I have, I've I've uh, had it since it had thirty nine thousand miles when I bought it back in 05, Believe it or not, I've had it quite a while, but it's always run. It's been an awesome truck, great truck, very very reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what well, now? Now just back it up. Now I have put nothing but since thirty nine thousand miles. Like I said, I got one hundred sixty now. I have put nothing but, and I've heard everybody's got their opinion on it. But you guys, you know, probably know more than the average. Uh, Mobile One full synthetic is all I've ever put in it. That's it. And I I don't miss my changes. I have not missed my changes. Uh, but other than that being said, is there a point to where when you go start it up to where you say, up, oh, it's, it, I, you know, I got to do something now? Or is it just something you just deal with with the Mr. L and, and then just, you know, as long as it's running halfway good, you just keep going? You just deal with it unless it's a misfire. Yeah, you're going to, with that, you're going to create a, I mean, with your lifter tick, I mean, you got lifters collapsing, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. You're going to see issues like, you know, with the four cylinders, you can kind of see the oncoming of it. You'll get lower compression. You'll get a check engine light for a lean code. Okay. You might get a catalyst inefficiency code, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, 
I just let it run. I yeah. run. Let it run until you're committed to putting a different motor in it. Okay. That's okay. what I do. Yeah. And if, okay. Or if it's misfiring, and you know what your decision is anyway. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. going to put a so, compression gauge on there and know right away. Right. Right. So if it's, if, if it's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm obviously missing a cylinder. I'm only running on seven now. You know, that at that point, obviously, then I got to. Yep. I got to make a big, a big decision. Okay, yep. sounds good, guys. All right, Rich, appreciate it. Appreciate the call. You bet. Thank you very much. You Bye. bet. All right, five five eight eleven tens. The numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Now this is a story all about how my wrench has got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. I'll tell you how I changed the oil on a Chevy Bel Air. On the west side of a dirty garage in a 2014 Mitsubishi Mirage. I was chilling out, maxing, lubing some gears when I saw a couple of dudes who were up in the years. When these old dudes pulled into the station, smelling like denture cream, prunes, and bacon, they said, pull up your pants unless you're ready to tussle, or maybe take a look at some American muscle. They pulled out at maybe seven or eight, and I headed home thinking, man, that was great. A couple old dudes without any hair let me work on a 57 Chevy Bel Air. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can help you answer the questions you might have about your car. So we're going to head over to John. John needs a good recommendation for a full-size truck. John, what's going on today? Yeah, guys, in your opinion and experience, what's overall, what's the most reliable full-size pickup? Something that's as bulletproof as you could get. Well... I would go with a 1953 Dodge Power Wagon. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That Probably. thing is sturdy. Sturdy. You're and gonna... bulletproof. The military used them also. So that covers all your bases. You can get it in gas and diesel. Four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, six-wheel drive. You can get it all. Yeah. This is going to be tough to find. You... But you probably Good. want something yeah. newer with air conditioning, I'm guessing. Yeah, a little bit newer, but something that, you know, if you have to just pick something, because it seems like they've all got different issues, oh, I understand that. Yeah. Overall, what, what overall, are you using it for? You pick? What, yeah, what, what, what are you using it for? I mean, it's just regular regular truck? Are you hauling? Just, no, not hauling. Just just almost like a passenger vehicle. Yeah. I go with a Chevrolet. That's just me, though. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a Chevy guy, too. Um, they do have problems with their engines. Um, certain some things, transmissions, some transmissions. What about the, about the eight-speed transmission on on the Chevy and GMC? Mm, I'm not going to buy one. No. In fact, I'm waiting for the ten speeds. They're out. I've just got to wait for one to come in stock to get one. But I'm going to go from a six. I'm going to keep the six that I've got, the six-speed, because I really like that truck. Um, and it has been nothing but great, and I hardly do anything to it. And it's what got eighty thousand miles on it now, brakes, battery, and tires. But you got to do everything there. Um, but I think the ten speed is going to go. And ten speed was in built in conjunction with Ford and, and uh, Chevrolet. So, yeah. and they do have their problems, but not like the eight speed did. And I think they've solved the eight speeds just by going. Mobile One has finally come out with some fluid that makes it not shudder. But. Well, I've got one. I've got an 18, and I and I had that replaced with Mobile One, so yeah. that should. You think that'll hopefully prevent that? That I should stop it. Yet. So I think they went that's through their. That's their prognosis. Fix. Yeah, it's amazing that you can stop that kind of thing with just fluid, but and they did, 
but it just seems like uh, I don't know. It just has a bad rap, and not that it was any, uh, not that it was any worse. I guess it's just that if you want a transmission that shutters, it just seems like it's going to have other issues. You know, it just does. Yeah, one thing has to lead to another, especially when a shutter is essentially a vibration. Two things aren't leading it to right. You know. We're both Chevrolet guys, so that's probably why we're leaning that way. If I had to, uh, if I didn't, if I wasn't going to buy a Chevrolet or couldn't buy one, my next step for a truck would probably honestly be a Toyota. A Toyota Tundra, maybe. Yeah, they they build an amazing truck. Uh, you know, Toyota builds an amazing product, top to bottom, from the little cars to the big trucks, and they just don't have a lot of problems. Um, the newer they got rid of the V8 and they're going to go back to like a turbo V6 now, but they just seem to put a lot of hard engineering into most everything they do and it lasts. Um, they have problems too. Everybody does because it, it's just cars are complicated. Um, so okay, that's our bias, probably choices, but that's kind of what I see for the most part. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet. You know, we left Ford and Dodge out of there and uh, Nissan and some other ones, but I just. Uh... <laughs> There's a reason behind that. I mean, that's for another show, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah, exactly. Maybe it's for another show. But, you know, Dodge has really come a long way in their styling. It really has. But it just seems like. Uh, uh, I mean, I've, other issues that they can have and do have. I was at the Dodge dealer earlier in the week to pick up my wife's car and, you know. The one thing I will say to Dodge, I mean, their interiors are luxurious mm -hmm. in their trucks. I Gotten mean, way better. Yeah. I mean, you got this giant TV screen in there that controls, you know, any aspect of the vehicle, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it better, I mean, for that kind of size. You can watch a football game on it. And fully loaded. They got everything. They look great. But... <laughs> I know the downside to them. Yeah, exactly. And one exactly. of those is the reason I was at the dealership this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good warranty, though. Well, that's what you need. You need somebody <laughs> else to fix it besides you. You fix them all day. All right, we're going to head over to Brad. Brad's got a 2016 Town & Country. Brad, what's going on? Um, I was wondering if you guys, if your scanner could tell me which uh, ignition coil pack is bad or if it just gives a, just tells you that they're bad. Hmm. What engine is in that car? 3.6. Okay. I changed the spark plugs, and it's still missing on one, just, you know. But um, I checked all, all the coil packs when I had them off and they with a multimeter, and they all seemed to check okay. Hmm. So I didn't know if your scanner could pinpoint exactly which one's bad or how I would well, figure most, out which one's bad. Most of the time it can. Um yeah, but, it's going to set a code, PO301 through yep. 306. And then and, you just start backing up from there. You start doing uh, plug, uh, wire, compression. Uh, do I have spark out of that coil? Uh, you got to have air, fuel, and spark. So we're going to, if it's missing on one, we're going to, you know, it's air, fuel, and spark. Are we leaking air causing a misfire? We've got a bad spark plug. Okay. Um, check the end of the coil wire, see if you've got a problem out of there. Those are fairly common, I believe, for coils to go bad. And valves. And valves. Yeah, I just going to mention valves too. The, yeah, I so heard the, you guys talking to somebody else about valves. Like, yeah. Go down that road. Yeah. Well, the valve seats have a tendency to come apart and then bounce around and and have issues. But yeah. Um, 
you can have since that's got kind of a, a one coil, I believe. No, that's it's got, got six. individuals. That's a individuals? Three, six. Oh, that's oh a it is a sixteen. It is. I was thinking oh six. I I apologize. Yeah, so you got individual coils on there. So more than likely, yeah. Do a compression test. Figure out which which cylinder it is. Do a compression test. See if you don't have a mechanical problem because it's probably more where you're leaning towards. Okay. All right. Hey, thank you guys very much. And uh, they also, I think, didn't, didn't Chrysler have some warranties on those? Uh, they did for their valve rattles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what all that covered or the longevity yeah. of that Depends particular on, coverage. How many miles you got on it? Uh, 112,000. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, guys. You bet, Brad. Appreciate the call. Yeah, those can be, yeah, you just got to go through your progressions, and and usually the scanners that we have will kind of get it down very close to what it is, and then on some models uh, we can go deeper into it to see which Mm -hmm. one's misfiring. It'll Um, give you a good zip code, not an address. Yeah, and a lot of times (laughs) it'll tell you whether or not you've got, uh, if you've got coil codes or you've got just a misfire codes, uh, coil codes, obviously it's a coil, mm-hmm. you know, because they're seeing a resistance change there. Um, but you're right. Then you got to start doing your diagnostics from there. And it, it, you boil, you take five things and you boil it down to one after a period of time. So then it's fixed. Then it's fixed. It just depends on how much it costs to get fixed. All right. Five, five, eight, 11, 10 is the numbers to get in. Some lines open for you. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a bit. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in and uh, give us a call. Let's see if we can help you with the problems that you're having or our take on certain cars or what we would buy. We answered that one question. I think, we, of course, we're biased, aren't yeah. we? Somebody yeah, else would have been on the show. Of course, we don't have those other people on the show, do we? No. We keep it pretty, pretty tight. All right, we're going to go over to Mark. Mark's got an 03 Sprinter van diesel mark what's going on hey guys you've helped me for a couple other uh cars and done a great job but this kind of befuddles me so this is a 2003 it's got 310,000 miles on it um we pulled a code up on it and two codes came up the egr which i've had had replaced before and the fuel filter uh, surprisingly so the fuel filter, uh, we did that back in February, and it's probably only got about 4,000 miles on that. The EGR, I just replaced that within the last 1,000 miles. So the light doesn't come back on on it, but I will drive the interstate, and from time to time, it will start kind of powering down. Now, I just drove it from here to St. Louis, never did a thing. Pull it off the interstate, drive it at 40 miles an hour, and it starts powering down all of a sudden after running at 70 for like six hours. So I I don't know what's going on with those. Uh, The other thing I will tell you, too, is the check engine light, if you leave it idle with the air conditioner on, actually that will pop on. For some reason, just idle okay. sitting there, um, and, and then and then I'll clear it. I've got something to clear that. It doesn't really affect it, and it just runs normal. So, so any thoughts or suggestions to what to look at? Tell me about this EGR code that it's setting. Do you know what number? Well, 
what I don't. Um, I, I would have to. We we pulled it up one time and it set up. One time it said multis, and then the next time it just pulled up one. Okay. Um, I, I'd have to go back. I'm sorry about that. I'd have to go back and check that because I didn't know how many different varieties of codes there are with that thing. I got about uh, a thirty-page book right here in front yeah. of me. Yeah, there, there's about a hundred different okay. codes that could go off plus, but. That's, yeah. that's what I heard. I, I knew that the one time, the, the, the first time we ran it, I think they said there was like eight. Mm-hmm. And then the second time after we replaced this, just the one. So anyway. So uh, what, kind of valve did, what kind of valve did you use on the EGR valve? I mean, was it an aftermarket? Was it a factory? Was it? We tried to get the, we tried to get the factory. This is the third one I put on it. The last time I put on a factory one. Okay, and that's a Mercedes engine. And, right. And so we did a Mercedes. That lasted about 100,000 miles and it went, went on it. And so this time we put an aftermarket one on there just because I couldn't get one. Right. And I use it for work. So um, I'm, I'm back to that scenario. And, and I've listened many times on the show what you're talking about aftermarket versus, you know, some of these at the time. So, mm-hmm. again... I'm, you know, suggestions from you guys. Typically, if if you've got, if you just put a part on and you've got a problem not too awful long after that, it kind of leads me back to the part, especially because you said you put one on for a hundred thousand, put a factory one on and a hundred thousand miles, it had no issues. Uh, The other thing that that makes me think about, at least on the EGR valve, is that our, in 300,000 miles, are the ports starting to get kind of closed off and kind of plugged up? Mm-hmm. That would be the other thing that that's, I would think. Yeah, that's, so, that's what I'm concerned about there more than the other. Yeah, the, uh, I've, I've had I've had the guys look at it. I mean, and, and I'm I'm talking like the dealership that'll will handle you know that stuff, which are very expensive, by the way. You guys know that, right? Um, and you know, I'm just wondering if it is an age coming up to this at 19 years old and 310,000, which I I don't think the ton. For those diesels, that maybe I'm wrong on a 2.7 on those. I mean, diesels go forever. Yeah, they're built with repair and maintenance. They run forever. And the Mercedes diesels are great, great diesel. So, I mean, my concerns, without knowing code numbers and stuff like that, or even having a code definition. I mean, you said you had a issue with the fuel filter having a code. Yeah. And I mean. Mm Is and you're losing power at the same time. I mean, are you? Is this engine running lean? Is it picking up low flow from the fuel filter, ultimately causing it to run lean? And you know, with your EGR open, mm-hmm. your map sensor is not going to see the gas that it's expecting to see. Do we have one okay. thing stemming from another? You know, those are my issues okay. that. You know, I would. I mean, if next time the code sets, maybe. Write down the definition and the number. Yeah. That might lead us down a different path than what we're thinking. Because right, right now, I mean, it's just kind of by the seat of our pants. And Yeah. And so I, I understand. I, I will say this. On the fuel filters, <laughs> I do not use aftermarkets on those. Okay. I know this one's kind of tough to get to use. Uh, that's why I do have them install it there to bleed it on in. And I do go get that filter but it's a mercedes right filter but but I, but I also have guys i also have had a bad fuel filter 
one time, and we replaced it within 150 miles and found out that it was faulty up on top uh, mm-hmm. that threw a code at one other time. This this vehicle hardly ever throws a code. Starts at 30 below, just kicks right over. Right. I mean, just yeah. so uh, it's it's crazy. It's just just it's just getting to me about powering it down. So. Do you think well, maybe I should just real quickly try to try changing out the fuel filter the next time it throws a code, and then kind of eliminate that to see where we're at, uh, sure. even at four thousand miles. Yep, yep. Because the the okay. fuel filter is getting contaminated by either what you're pumping in, which can have contaminants in it, or if it, it you know this right now probably doesn't have necessarily any water in it. But you never that's what it's there for is is to take it out. So that's quick and easy. And it's, it's okay. easy to be done. So, yeah, that's exactly what we do. And then you, when you clear out those codes and then everything kind of comes back, it's kind of what's designed to do. So it's going to power down because it doesn't know. The computer says, okay, we better limit you on power. Once you take that away and all the codes are gone, then it comes right back to where it should be. But, you know, right. I, I don't know how easy to get the EGR on that particular deal. But, the like I said, the passage may be blocked a little bit. But. Uh, you know, if you put an aftermarket on there, well, it's got to be another factory one somewhere. Otherwise, other than calling the dealer, okay, you might have to, might have to okay. look, look on I'll the internet, down. look on I'll, Google. I'm sure the dealers, yeah. other dealers around there, they probably have them somewhere. Okay, yeah. I, well, they just because the t- the older one, just uh, it, the 2002, 2003, then they changed them in four to six, so it right. usually gets a little tough to find that one on there so you kind of got to wait it out unfortunately i'm in that time room i need it to, to run and if all, um if all else fails give us a call we can get you a piece of mr mechanic tape to put over the light yeah yeah and all yeah <laughs> let's see don't stare at it you shut it off you shut it off and it resets itself in a little bit of time and it runs right right back again well, so well, there you I'll, go. Try, I'll try the filter i'll try the filter first okay right. sounds good if it does set codes okay, remember thanks. document those codes for us yeah Oh, absolutely. I sure will. Thanks again, guys. Yep. Appreciate the comment, Mark. Right. Yeah, those are just a lot of interesting things that can go on with the with the diesels and uh, or any car for that matter. It doesn't have to be a diesel, but it, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's kind of you need it to break on a on a longer period of time to be able to figure out kind of what it is, and this is kind of a weird problem. But Dick uh, is the next one up. But Dick had a comment about the diesel. Go ahead, Dick. Do you, do you have a, a fix for? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I ran into the same problem about six months ago, and the problem was the catalytic converter. Okay. Getting plugged up? It was plugged up and replacing the catalytic converter. The car runs like a top now. It's yeah. got 242,000 miles on it. And it, it's not impossible. It's not impossible for him to have that same kind of issue, uh, being at three hundred plus. Um, yeah, back pressure is back pressure. It affects EGR. Yep, and it will. You're right. You're right. It certainly I've, will. I've got a great mechanic, and he went through it, and and uh, uh, the catalytic converter was clogged up, and uh, that was the, the whole issue. Did you have the same kind of problem where you would shut it down and start it back up, and everything was fine? Or, or... for a little while, and. When I when I step on it a little bit, it would just it just uh, almost want to die. It, it never did. Sure. But as long as I would feather the uh, the fuel pedal a little bit, it, it would run okay. But as soon as I step down on it, it uh, uh, I thought it was a serious problem, and 
It was just a, a, the catalytic conger, the converter was full. Yeah, and we've seen that on our diesel truck before. Our diesel tow truck they had the same thing. We had to put cats in it. But we, our problem was the, the portion. It was just losing power gradually and gradually and gradually and just kind of wouldn't come back. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, it, it's great advice. You know, Mark can certainly look into that and you can check a back pressure test on it and find out just kind of what you have. Typically, right. exhaust. I love, you. I love your show. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. You know, catalytic converters, when they plug up, for the most part, will stay plugged up. They don't plug up and unplug. No. They're, they're plugged for there. So that's you why. You made yourself a brick wall. Yes. And so it's kind of interesting that, that he would have a problem, pull over, and then he could shut it off, cycle it back on, and he has no issues at all. Um, but your catalytic converter being plugged is always going to be a catalytic converter being plugged. But I, we both have learned that stranger things have happened on car repair. Yes. Just what you think is going to solve the problem isn't always exactly what's going on. So, All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to be back in a moment. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is always the numbers to get in. We're going to head over to John. John's got a Cummings diesel. John, what you got going on today? With an, R- with an RV. This is in a 2008 uh, Newmar Dutch Star RV. Okay. And, and uh, the engine is a Cummins 425 ISL diesel. It was actually rebuilt about 4,000 miles ago when we were down in Arizona. But even before that, we were having this similar problem. And it's basically engine warning codes. And, and you'll be driving along just fine, uh, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, you'll get a, a check ABS fault, uh, check engine, check transmission. So everything... It's telling you everything's wrong all at once. Well, uh, and and all the gauges will shut down because it's in red. And, of course, I always shut the engine down right away and get over it. Well, I found out over time now. It started happening more often, but I found out over time there's nothing wrong with the, the engine. There's not. I mean, at least there's nothing wrong in it running operationally. Right. So it keeps throwing these co- this check. So, anyway, I took it in the shop. It's actually in the shop right now. And the first thing they decided to try was uh, put a new – the check transmission seemed to be the predominant code problem. So they put a new speed tra- uh, transmitter or sensor in the transmission uh, just this last week, took it out, doing all the same thing. And you'll go anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes, and everything turns red, and the gauges drop to zero, and and uh, you get a red check engine light, check transmission light. And so, I mean, I know it's just a matter, I guess, of trying to work through a million different possibilities, but uh, it's it's never. There's nothing wrong with the transmission. There's nothing wrong with the engine. <laughs> just just well, these codes. Keep well, I tell you what. The first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know about you, Kyle, but it seems like we've got a bad connector connection uh, corrosion. Yeah, if you're running fine, you're shifting yeah. fine. Everything yeah. should be fine. Yeah. So if you're losing if power. You have a speed sensor that isn't reading i mean it's going to cause all these issues so mm-hmm. i mean it's, i'm not even yeah it's not even losing power by the way I well no i i yeah. mean losing power electronically electronically not so much losing oh, power oh, yeah oh, engine okay, wise okay that's why all the lights are coming on in the dash a lot of different things are happening all at one mm-hmm. time because things are yeah we just ran across this the other day uh between an abs uh sensor and all the way up to the computer they're twisted wires that go all the way up there, and they're uh, 
we found uh, there's a break somewhere in that wiring. We we don't really know where. We just not yeah. every break you'll you won't see every you won't break. See it. Yeah, you won't see every break. You won't no, see every corrosion. No. So what we no. did was is we found from here to there, got the wires, twisted them all together, put it back together, and and our problem was gone. So interesting. Okay. I think they're on the right track. They'll get it fixed for you, John. Yeah, I think they are. Just keep with it. Okay, okay thank you, guys. You bet. Appreciate it. All right, that's another hour for the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early so we can answer your questions and get that car back on the road. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.